You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Christian, when they get born again, there's something that everybody will look at them and define them by. They will define them by their word. So the Christian lives by the word and not the world. Number two, E, they live the life of evangelism. Evangelism becomes their culture. The moment they get born again, they know they have an assignment. The assignment is to win souls for the Lord Jesus. It becomes their core mandate. That is not the job of the pastor. It is the job of every believer, including the pastor. Praise God. Everybody is meant to win souls. Praise God. Bible said we are meant to equip the, the pastors, evangelists, prophets, apostles are meant to do what? Equip what? Equip the saints. So our job is for the church. <laughs> our job is for the church. Your job is to go out. Do you understand it? Yes. Our job is to equip you. When we equip you, you go out and win souls for the Lord. <laughs> do you understand that? Yes. That's what we are to do. So your commanded evangelism. And then also, S, you also live by the spirit. You no more live by your own desires. Now, these don't make you a Christian. But this is what a Christian does. Do you understand the point? Uh -huh. Don't get it wrong. Don't get it twisted. When you plant a tree, the tree bears what? But the fact that the tree is not bearing fruit doesn't mean that the tree is not a tree. Are you getting it? Uh -huh. So what it means is that if you are a believer, this is the life you are supposed to what? Live. So when you get born again, this is the life that comes out of you. You begin to live by the word. You go to evangelize. You live by the spirit. Somebody say by the spirit. So you make spirit led the decisions. You don't make decisions because everybody is making them. You make decisions by the spirit. 
And then you follow the timings of the spirit. You do things by divine timing. You don't do things because um, your friend in the office does them. Okay, everybody is married, so I have to marry. I'm getting late. Everybody has a child, so me too, I need a child. Take your time. It must be by divine timing. Our lives is led by divine timing. <laughs> and we have gotten now to giving. So now we have come to giving. Because when you get born again, you are supposed to live a life of what? Giving. Giving. You are supposed to live a life of Giving. Listen. Um, the world doesn't know. But if you don't know this as a believer, you have missed everything. Because listen, your life is a life of giving. Because whether you like it or not, you live for others. Yesterday, I visited this man and we were talking. He's very, very loaded, very rich. And he's gathering a lot. So I told him, I said, do you know that everything that you're doing, you're not doing it for yourself? He said, what do you mean? I said, well, the will you're going to write, your name is not on it. And then he dawned on him. I said, but you worked for it. By your name. It's not going to be on the wheel. So all this going, coming, and I have to work. I have to do. I am. You will leave everything for somebody to enjoy. Even how they will handle it, you don't have control. He said, Pastor, it's never ever come to me like this. I said, yes, because somebody lived for you. <laughs> somebody lived for you. And that's how God made it. Every gift you have is for others. So you see, <laughs> the world doesn't know. But you see, the fact that you don't know something doesn't make it a fact. A fact will remain a fact. Your knowing or not knowing won't change it. It won't change it. Now, for us believers, we live the life of giving, and this life of giving becomes a life of thanksgiving. Because 
Our lives no more belong to us. Somebody has mercy on us and spared us. And when we were headed for eternal damnation and condemnation, he stood in the gap. Redeemed us and made us his precious own. He has actually surrounded us and embedded us as his mastercraft. His special piece that nobody can touch us. And so everything for which we have, we don't delight in them for ourselves. We delight in them for him. So our service to him no more becomes work or struggle. It becomes responding with thanksgiving to what he has made us. Are you understanding it? So a believer lives a life of thanksgiving. When you come to clean the church, you are giving thanks for this salvation that is so priceless. When you give your money, you are giving thanks. So everything we do is stemmed out of our thanksgiving, our response to what this God has done. So the moment you take it that you own something and you are giving it a service to him, you missed it. You missed it. You missed it. Ephesians chapter 5, 20 to 22. We are really, really go, going to go into this into detail. And I believe it will change a lot of things for all of us. Ephesians 5, 20 to 22. I'm reading from the Living Bible. Always give thanks for everything to our God and Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Honor Christ by submitting to each other. Wow. So in our submitting to each other, we honor Christ. It's not a service we just render to ourselves. We do it not because of us. We do it in thanksgiving to Christ. To honor him. Hello? So we honor our parents not because we are doing a service to them, but because we are honoring Christ. Oh, hello. We honor our pastor not because we are doing him a favor, but because we are honoring Christ. Are you getting the point? 
It's our response. That's why he said, for everything, give what? Thanks. Always give thanks for everything. To who? Our God and Father. And we do it in whose name? In the name of our Lord Jesus. Tell him, I live a life of thanksgiving. You wives, submit. You must submit to your husband's leadership. Why? Go ahead. In the same way you, you submit to. So you are submitting to your husband because of your submission and honor to the Lord. First Thessalonians 5, 18. Let's all read it. Go. No matter what happens, always be thankful for, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So what is the will of God for the believer? To, to be what? To be what? To be what? So anything we do, we must actually have it at the back of our mind that this is our thanksgiving to him. And it is the will of God. It is the will of God. It is the will of God. So when you're doing something for the Lord and, and you are like, gee, this thing, dear, my own thing, pa, I'm taking it. Yeah, I'm going to give. No. No. Then you don't understand what you are doing. It's an offering to the Lord. And you do it with joy. Is that right? Okay. Colossians chapter 3, 16 to 18. Watch this. I'm just giving you scriptures to bring to bear the understanding. Go. Oh, let's all read it together in unison so it will be beautiful and then we can get the understanding. Go. Remember what Christ taught. So Christ taught this. Is that right? And they are rehearsing what Christ taught. Okay, good. Let's go. And let his words enrich your lives and make you wise. Teach them to each other and sing them out in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So these are the three categories of, 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 of music we have in the church. Hymns, psalms, and what? Spiritual songs. Sometime to come, I would teach on them. Go. Singing to the Lord with what? With what hearts? Let's continue, go. And whatever you do or say, in other versions, it says whatever, in word or in deed. <laughs> How do we do it? Go. 
let it be as a representative of the Lord Jesus and come with him into the presence of God, the Father. Wow. Whatever you say or do, your words and your actions, you do them as a representative of Christ. And he says you are coming with him. Why? Because you carry him. Into God's presence. Jesus. And you do it with thanks. Hey, hello? No, are you getting the point? The scripture is so balanced. Sometimes I can't understand. I don't know how a human being can write this. I'm telling you. Because if I look at the synchro, I mean how scripture synchronizes. It's just amazing. Now, what he's telling you is this. That, sweetheart, when you are doing your job and you are leaving home, to do your job, you are coming with Christ. And when you get to your job, Christ is there. And you are doing that job as a representative of Christ with a heart of thanksgiving to Christ. So you see, when you are cutting the patterns for somebody, you will not disappoint them because it is part of your thanksgiving. Are you getting the point? As a representative of who? Christ. Hello? Are you, are you hearing it? You thought I would look this way. <laughs> wow. Go to 2 Corinthians. 4.15. I am really going to take my time with this series. Because there's a lot we need to learn. Praise God. You see, when we understand this, the Christian life becomes very easy. Because we know from here that all we are and we have is him. And he becomes our focus for life. I'm telling you. Nobody will force you to do anything. You will do them because you know you are representative of Christ. And it's an offer of thanksgiving. You will never take ownership of anything. Because you will then know you don't own anything. He owns everything, but you are just a steward. Look at something. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 15. Verse 15. Let's read this apostle Paul. 
Look at what he says. Go. All this is for your benefit. So Paul is saying, my life is poured out to you. And everything we're doing is for your benefit. I'm going to, we're going to look at it. Go. Wow. Now, all this is for your benefit. So that the grace, the word grace there, you all know, what's the meaning? What's, the Greek word for grace is what? It's what? Okay, which is this church, is that right? Okay, so this is Grace Church. Okay, good. Carries. And he says, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may what? It will cost what? So when grace is poured out to people, what does it cost? And the word thanksgiving there is the same word as gratitude. Okay? Yes. So the thanksgiving there actually in the Greek is gratitude. And it's the word Eucharistian. Eucharistian. Everybody say Eucharistian. Say it like you mean it. Say Eucharistian. Say it like you mean Eucharistian. Eucharistian. Okay, good. To the, to the glory of God. Oh, so when grace is received and the grace is extended, it leads to thanksgiving. And the thanksgiving then leads to God's glory. Now, the word thanksgiving there is the word Eucharistian. Look at the eu and look at the tien. What is in the middle here? So you see grace in the middle of gratitude. Now, if you go to places like um, Spain, in Spanish, how do they say thanks? Gracias is the word grace. Gracias is, is grace. It's grace. In Italy, the same. They say glazi. Yeah. It means grace. 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 Listen to me very carefully. Listen. When somebody knows they have received something by grace, they give thanks. When somebody believes they have received something or they worked it out by themselves, thanksgiving is withheld. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Anytime you see somebody giving thanks, then grace, they know, they accept it, that grace has been extended to them.
So you see, the reason why we do things as believers the way we do things is because we don't take cognizance of grace extended. We always think it is us. And by our own performance. You know, there are some of you where you receive your salary, you don't even say thank you to your boss. Do you know why? Because for you, I work for it. Why should I say thank you? Because that is the belief. The moment you believe you worked for it, you don't have to say thank you. But when you know you don't deserve it, but it's been given to you, you always show gratitude. Hello. Are you here? That is when the glory of God is revealed. That is when the glory of God is. When people see that grace has found them. And their life become a life of thanksgiving. And extended to many. God receives glory. I'm going to go into it how Apostle Paul came to say this. So you don't think that I'm taking it out of context. How did he arrive to this text? So let's go to the beginning of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. So that we can look at the chapter carefully and see how he starts and how he arrives to this destination. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let's already go. Therefore, since through God's mercy. So, look at the first statement. <laughs> he says, the preaching I'm preaching. The work I'm doing. Everything that you see me doing is a privilege. I received this ministry because somebody had mercy on me. Are you doing what you are doing in the house of the Lord because he had mercy? Are you using the talent the way you're using it because somebody had mercy? He says the ministry that I received, therefore, since through God's mercy, we have what? This ministry, we do not lose heart. When you know you have been shown mercy, you would have mercy. You will not lose heart. You will not lose heart. In other words, uh, there will be many tribulations, but I won't lose heart. Because I always recall, I am in this thing, not because I worked for it. Somebody showed me mercy. 
Somebody show you mercy. Let's continue. Go. Rather, we have what? Renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. He says, listen, everything we are doing, living the life of holiness, being truthful, is not because I want to show that I am righteous. It's because I receive this thing by mercy. Let's continue. Go. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. Even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Next. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord and ourselves as your servants. For Jesus' sake. We don't present ourselves as gods to you. To lord over you, but as servants. Because we have come with a thankful heart. Because we have been showed mercy. So we have made ourselves by his mercy with a thankful heart, the slaves of Christ, to be your servants. Hello? So you don't serve in the department as the boss. You serve rather as a servant for Christ. And you become a servant to the ones you are serving. Not for them, but because of Christ. Oh, hello? For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of, the God, of, of, of God's glory, displayed in the face of Christ, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. These are not just mere words. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. If you see us do what we are doing, is because we know we are clay. But somebody by his mercy has put treasure that is incomparable into this jar of clay and has made us useful. In other words, we would have been useless. So if we are useful to you, it's just by grace. If you are useful to somebody, don't think you are powerful. You are a jar of clay, somebody deposited treasure. I've used this analogy before. That you buy a cup for two CDs. A cup 
at Mokola. Two CDs. And then somebody put a Rolex watch in the cap. Straight away, the cap has short value. The two CD cap now has become a cap that contains a Rolex watch that may cost thousands of dollars. The value is not the same. Just the Rolex watch changed the value of the cup. That is what Christ has made you. Yeah. And that's why he says, he says, to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We don't pride ourselves in anything we offer you and how it becomes a blessing to you. Somebody made it happen. And because of that, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, but blessed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We are, we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Oh, praise God. We carry, hey, we will never lose consciousness. Of the death of Christ. That has made us what we are. So that the life of Christ. Will always be revealed in us. We are products of mercy. We are products of grace. Do you see why Apostle Paul. Didn't lose passion. He's like a young boy who is going to school. And the mom will tell him, you know where you are coming from. So, when you go, be careful. Listen, when you see a believer who does not lose passion, they know where they are coming from. When you see them working, giving everything to the Lord, giving their all, is because they are always conscious. Don't mock at them. Don't laugh at them. Don't think they are stupid. They are not. It's because they know. They bear in their body the mark of the death of Christ. So that continually and consciously the life of Christ is revealed. When the unbeliever tells you, you give your money, why do you give your money? Tell them you don't know. Why do you give your time? You're always in church. Tell them you don't understand. I bear in my body the marks of the death of Christ. I am a product of grace. I am a product of mercy. 
I don't own myself. This guy bought me and gave me a price. I was useless. I was hopeless. I was headed to eternal damnation. But this is what he made me. I'm a citizen of heaven. It's by grace. It's by grace. I will give my all. I will give my life. Let's continue. Go. He said for. Read it like you mean it. Go. We who are alive. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. I, sometimes I wonder what kind of Christianity we were taught. I, I wonder. I wonder. Look at Apostle Paul. Listen to me. Sometimes when I'm weeping, I don't weep just because of you. I weep also because of myself. And I ask myself, why did it take me a long time? Why did it take me such a long time? Because I, you, you were raised with arrogance and selfishness. Not selflessness. So that you can give your life. You can give your all. He says, for we who are alive are always being given over to death. For Jesus' sake. So that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us. Why? But life is at So we would die for you to live. That is the life of the believer. You die for others to live. You die for others to live. You have to give something that will make them live. It will feel as if it's making you die. But that is the sacrifice that bought you. You are not doing it because of you. You are doing it because of Christ as an offer of thanksgiving. Are you here with me? This is the life we live. It is humbling. I know. It is humbling. We were taught the opposite. And that's why we all do church the way we do. That's why we easily grumble at doing the work of the Lord. We easily get tired. We easily get, we lose our passion. I mean, we do small and it's because of what we have been fed. The culture. Get out of that culture. Get out of that culture. It doesn't produce life. You will lose a lot of rewards. I will come there. When he says the first shall be last and the last shall be first, it doesn't mean you get out of the faith. But we'll get there and people that were so considered important will not be considered important. And you will see people who work the work of ministry and they knew that their life was a thanksgiving offering to others and to the church and to the body and to the world. And you will see them receiving rewards. 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 God. But life is at work in you. I've got to die for somebody to live. I've got to die. Every day I die. Sometimes it's your last, but you give it out so that somebody will live. 
Yeah. Sometimes you have to sacrifice yourself so that others will enjoy Christ. And when you are shown that mercy, go and sacrifice yourself too for another to live. That's how the cycle goes on. It's the life you live. Look at the next. Let's all read. Go. It is written. I believed. Therefore, I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe. And therefore, we speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you. You see the motivation. There's an eternal reward to this. We will be raised one of these days. Praise the Lord. Ah, we'll be reigning eternally with him. And we want you to be partakers with us. It is not because I give you money and you give me money back. No. It's not because I gave you service and you give me service back. That is not, Apostle Paul said, that's not our motivation. No. No, that's not. Our motivation is that. This Jesus, who was raised from the dead, very soon, a day is coming, will be raised from the dead together with this Jesus. And we will reign with him. And we want you to be there. Hello. Let's say the truth. About 90% of Christians today, do we even think about this? Does it even render in our consciousness. Let's all speak the truth. That's it. The point is, when we do something, you see, what we have been taught is a transactional relationship. We have been taught and we do it with God and with ourselves. If I give him something on their birthday, they have to give me something on my birthday. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. If I have to give money to the Lord Jesus, to the church and to the kingdom, it's because I have to receive a child. I have to receive a, 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 a promotion. I have to receive marriage. Transactional relationship. Transactional. That's, that, that's how we have been taught. No. 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 This is not the life we live. It's a life of thanksgiving. It's not. You see, the, the, the reason why we get offended with ourselves so easily and we get easily divided is because of this. As a church, you see that in the church, this person is not talking. That, 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 and you, if you go into it, I did this for them. They didn't do that for me. 
Most of them. Most of them. We shoot ourselves. Transactional relationship. We are not motivated by the fact that we are winning souls for the Lord. Discipling them for the Lord. And very soon, one of these days, he shall come. And we shall be raised together. And together we are sitting with him. And we are enjoying his presence. And we are talking about everlasting presence. Where we have been made perfect. In our body. What do you mean? What can be compared to this? Tell me, what can be compared to can be compared to this. Listen, I'm telling you, I know God is raising a new church. And I pray that your spirit catches this. Listen, I don't care about the popular. I don't care about the popular anymore. Because it leads to destruction. We have a lot of people in church, but we don't have disciples in church. We don't have disciples. We have a lot of self-conceited people who only come like they go to the malam, like they go to the juju man. Yes, to get something they are so hard-pressed for. Because if that's what you want, the juju man can sometimes deliver. Am I teaching you? Let's end this and then we can continue next week. That is where he got to the text. That is where he got to the text. And he said, all this is for your benefit so that the grace we receive Oh, Jesus. As this grace is extended to more and more people, it will cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Whose benefit? Are you ready to extend the grace to the body of Christ? To unbelievers? Do you know that when you're growing up, you have a dream. And the dream is that I want to be a pilot. Do you know that in all of that, you're not talking about how you're going to pilot people for them to safely, heavenly, not heavenly, heavenly, get to their destination. Okay? And, and do stuff 
that will bring salvation to their soul. Do you know it doesn't click? Do you know why you want to be a pilot? So that you can have Kashito. You see, and buy your dream car. Are you getting the point? And go to Las Vegas. All right? And open top. Um, Bentley. Ah, are you getting the point? With your sunglasses. Do you understand? Because, because I have had it. <laughs> I've had it. Okay. As a matter of fact, you want the Bentley to be silver blue. Are you, are you, and it is actually flexing with your sunglasses together. And, and there's a rhyming. Do you know that when Martin Luther King Jr. was saying, I have a dream. It was not because he would enjoy anything. His fulfillment was to see the black and white come together. Change that dream. Change that dream. Dream for others to live. Dream that you give everything, that the kingdom will stand. Dream. That should be your dream. should be your dream. Let's finish the chapter. 16, 17. Go. Go. Therefore, we do not lose. Praise God. When this is my motivation, I can't lose heart. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Now watch this. He says what? Though outwardly we are wasting away. That's what it would look like. That's what it would look like. Because now, they actually chalk success to things that are material, they would think I am wasting away. So now look at the car he drives. Now look at this. Now look at this. Because for them, that is what life is. That is how they used to measure how anointed a man or a man of God is.
my people, if you can listen to me, if you can listen and get this and grab this and get into your spirit, the Lord will use you mightily. Though outwardly, we are wasting away. Yet, inwardly, we are being renewed. Day by day, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Outweighs them all. Outweighs them all. Outweighs them all. Them all. It outweighs them all. If you put the weight, it will outweigh it. Oh, Jesus. You see why? They will go and sell their land and bring it for the gospel. And you think that this is foolishness. Because you don't understand. If Listen, if the church has a need and you have money sitting down, you don't understand. I'm telling you. Anytime. Listen, this should be the life of the believer. Make sure that every time souls are being won and there can't be a hindrance. I understand. I understand that sometimes because now these days especially because of the lifestyles of pastors and you know getting rich and so sometimes you think that oh I'm, I'm, a, I'm a stupid man going to give my money. Are you getting the point? But the point is that if you realize that whatever is being done is being used for souls, make sure your money counts. Make sure your life counts. Make sure your time counts. Make sure. Make sure. Don't deny yourself. Don't deny yourself. My prayer is that at a point in this church. When we say we are doing this, we won't come and stand and even raise it. People will just come and just bring it. Because the point is they know that what they have is not even for them. They received it by grace, by mercy. They are giving it to the owner for whom it belongs. And they are motivated because very soon they will hold a hand in heaven and say, this is mine. Praise the Lord. Are you understanding me? For us, our culture too didn't help us at all. I've done a lot of comparison. When I go outside, I watch. 
You see, the black churches where you see so a seed, so a seed, so a seed, so a seed, is the black churches. Yeah, it's the black churches. Because, you see, the pastors suffer a lot. I now understand them. I now understand them. Yeah, yeah, I now understand them. I mean, for this short time, I now understand why they do what they do. Because, because of our culture, you see, um, people understand right from African traditional religion. Uh-huh. You see, you have the God of fertility. You have the God who gives provision. Oh, is that true? Okay, you, are the, you have the God who also protects. So you see, when your mother is going to call, they know the kind of God to call. And then they know the kind of sacrifice they have to offer. It's a to be able to get that protection. So it's a transactional relation. You want protection, you go call this God. This God likes oil. Uh-huh. And mashed um, yam. Yes, an egg. Okay, so that's what you do to get protection. You go to call this other God because you want um, money. There's also what they want. And what you are, so you exchange and you get. So the African believer brings it to church. Yes. Yes. So they have to give something to get. It's, it's there. When you go to the white churches, it will shock you. I've gone to white churches. Some of them don't take offering. They don't take offering. Yes, they don't take offering. You know what they do? The pastor comes. He says, we have a building project. It's going to take us nine months to build. We want everybody to give towards the project. This is the cost of the project. He's done. By the time he's done, oh my word. People respond. <laughs> without any, yes. And the next week they will come. And all they do is, so last week we said we're going to Iran to go and win souls for the Lord. And when we um, asked you to give, as the Lord stirred your heart, we received $25 million. That's it. So the project is going to cost us, like I said, $20 million. So the $5 million will sit with the church board to find out what we need to do with it. If some of you want a refund, we can give it back to you. Because, wait, wait, you don't understand. Because in the culture, listen, in the culture, what the culture itself teaches you, forget about you being a Christian or not being a Christian. Every money they give has a purpose to it. So if the pastor or the head of the organization uses the money to do another thing, it is criminal. That's the culture. 
It's criminal. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You know, so... <laughs> Um, um, brothers and sisters, I pray that the Lord, the Lord Jesus, who has called us, who is continually working in our hearts, will cause us to respond to his word, work with the word, and will become the light of our generation. In Jesus' name, amen. Grace, glorious grace. At the cross, you called it finished. Thank you for listening to Grace Bills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor, Caris Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Caris Center International, living heaven on earth. Thank you.